You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This is episode 20. We got my man, Justin Figueroa. Justin, I met in L.A. back in late 2007, early 2008. Um, He actually connected with me via MySpace, and we connected in person shortly after and started making a bunch of music um, over the years. And, of course, we stayed in touch, and he's been doing a lot of crazy dope things from traveling around the world to doing all kinds of plays and musicals so he's a very very talented dude so in this episode we get into how important it is to develop free thinking as a young individual it's essential for us especially when we're younger to develop that free thinking for ourselves Mm -hmm. because that influences you so much as an adult you're so you know you're so able to absorb so many things so it's really important to connect that thought process and that way of thinking we then touch on the importance of understanding everybody else's roles and how your role affects everybody else in film or in theater and how bringing a positive attitude to work every day is essential you know it's so important to understand that every little detail counts every single action that a person does on stage counts Mm -hmm. and that everybody what everybody does backstage how that influences and that even starts with just attitude Mm -hmm. i mean i've worked in casts and every cast i try to work in I always try to bring this positive attitude because I know that that makes a difference and that that type of uh, energy is is infectious in the most positive way. And of course we get into success and what success means for Justin. Anytime that I can work on a project that I love, mm-hmm. I can do things that make me happy as a person. I think that's the ultimate idea of success. We get into this, his creative background, and so much more in episode 20 of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Justin Figueroa. So sit back, relax, and be inspired. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters podcast. This week I have a special guest. He's a singer, songwriter, and actor. We actually worked a lot together back in the day, um, in my LA days. So I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. Justin Figueroa, how you doing, my man? I'm good, man. What's going on? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. I just wanted to, uh, you know, have you on the podcast and share your story because you got a really dope story. Just you know, for the seven or eight years that I've known you and everything like Ooh. that. So why don't you um, give us like a, you know, like a sixty second elevator speech of who you are, what you do, and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay, I feel like I'm, I should have a timer ready or something. Um, <laughs> well, basically, I mean, I started out as an actor. Um, I moved to L.A. when I was 20 years old, and then I uh, kind of fell into uh, singing and songwriting and uh, ended up working out, working as a recording artist in L.A. for a while. And then I went and decided to travel the world. I went to perform on cruise ships, and uh, I've actually made my way back to the stage. Uh, and it's kind of been a, a, a thing of juggling all of these different hats mm-hmm. for since i've been back you know what i mean yeah yeah that's what i'm doing <laughs> awesome all right well yeah let's uh, let's get into it because there's stuff um you know i mean based from just 
talking over the years and working together and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there's still things that I don't know about you and everything. So let's kind of start back like in the early days. Like when did your um, creative journey start for you? Like what was my creative journey started pretty young. I mean, I I went to performing arts high school, mm-hmm. um, kind of like I guess you could equate it to the high school in fame. So if anybody knows that movie out there, that was kind of my school. It was one of these things. I mean, I was studying I was studying theater and studying like music theory in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be like lunchtime, and everybody would be either like dancing or singing or there'd be like music performances going on while everybody was eating lunch so it was really really cool it was like this eclectic vibe of like a mix of the arts and academics as well Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so uh, it started really young for me i mean even before that when i was a kid i was i was in shows but where i really started to like develop my craft and Mm -hmm. my foundation was in high school at at, uh at the performing arts high school i went to gotcha that was in florida right yeah, that was the name of the school is uh, Dreyfus School of the Arts. Okay. It's in uh, West Palm Beach, so yeah. Gotcha, Shout gotcha. out to the guys. And, and at what point did you decide that you wanted to do something um, creatively, like as a career? Was it like during high school? Was it like even before high school? I think it was even before. For mm-hmm. me, like I, I just knew what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to have fun mm-hmm. doing what I do, and I know, and it's it's you know when you think of like what's your career pre- profession for me, it's always been. I think from the earliest time I can remember, I just wanted to have fun and love what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, my heart was is, is been in the arts my whole life. Um, I've always been interested in entertaining or music or TV or anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it stemmed for me from uh, basically wanting to create, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. And were you like, you know, I guess even before high school, were you like writing songs and stuff then? Or what was it like? Home videos? No, no. You know what? I actually, when I was young, this is going to sound really, I feel it. I used to like perform for my family at dinner. Mm -hmm. Like my family would be sitting at dinner and I'd just be like doing impersonations or I'd sing songs or I'd make fun of Elvis or do, do, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. So it was things like that. I guess it started from a really young age and my parents weren't like shut up and sit down. They like. Mm -hmm let me just go on with it yeah, so yeah. i guess it it kind of nurtured my creativity from a very young age and i mean i was painting and i took guitar lessons when i was a kid but mm-hmm. i was never like really into it but i was never forced to mm-hmm. do it so like i never had a hatred for playing the guitar or i never resented it you know yeah because i think i even remember when i first kind of initially met you that's like when you kind of started getting serious about guitar if yeah I remember right yeah yeah, I, I I put down guitar for a while, and mm-hmm. basically, like when we started working on projects together, I was like rediscovering this instrument, which mm-hmm. is really cool as an artist. You know, as any musician will tell you, whenever you unlock something that kind of reinvigorates the art, reinvigorates the craft in you, then it's uh, it's cool. So that that for me, I like develop, learn new chords, and I learn new ways to kind of express myself through my instrumentation. Gotcha. I mean, you know that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like when you... you know. <laughs> yeah, so um, when you were young and, you know, you said like you would be doing impersonations at the dinner table and, you know, your mom would just be like, you just go with it and hang, or, you know, and you had your painting and taking guitar yeah. lessons and things like that. How important do you think it was to be able to have like that free creative reign to, to just explore and to figure out what you like and what you don't like when you were young? Ab- absolutely essential. Abs- absolutely essential. I mean, you know, so much of our lives as people on earth mm-hmm. is dictated by other people's thoughts mm-hmm. or other people's 
rules or regulations. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. go to work, you have to follow the people's rules at work, or you have to show up, you know, you got to drive on the right side of the road when you're driving to, to work. Um, it's essential for us, especially when we're younger, to develop that free thinking for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because that influences you so much as an adult, you're so you know you're so able to absorb so many things. So it's really important to connect that thought process and that way of thinking for when you grow up as an adult. That's mm-hmm. why I'm such an advocate of the arts. I mean, especially in school, I love what you do or what you've done with um, you know working working with the kids in schools and stuff like that. I think that's so essential to our education, our educational system. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. You said that too about you know going to work and following the rules or just driving on the right side of the road and whatnot. Because I was actually listening, I listened to um, like a lot of podcasts, and there's like mm-hmm. a philosophy one that I listened to a lot. And what he was talking about today, because it basically just kind of goes through the era, like the different eras of philosophers and everything like yeah. that. So it was basically talking about today um, when I actually listened to it, it was like when you're born, you're kind of like a camel basically because you have all of this stuff, all of this weight that's being put on your back from like day one. Of like how you should act in certain situations, how you should act on the job, how you should act and go after your dreams or not go after your dreams and things like that. And he was basically saying essentially what you want to try to do is to eventually live childlike. So it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you're exploring and you're playing guitar and painting and acting silly at the dinner table and things like that, it's kind of like the goal to live that way as an adult, you know, and I kind of feel like that's what you're getting at too when you said you know you want to create and be creative and be involved in the arts even as an adult and just have fun you know and that's kind of how i look at it as well yeah um, yeah i mean the world has enough rules you know? yeah 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 and it's like kind of like shedding some of those rules because a lot of those rules mm-hmm. that people put on you are like pe- their own fears you know a person's own fears like well they couldn't do it I mean, or they were scared to do it so they want to you know they they might not do it on purpose but they're still projecting their fears on the, on the other people Somebody said something to me yesterday that was, my wife actually said this to me yesterday. It was really cool. Um, she said, we're all living the world of somebody else's idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like somebody else came up with the way that we live our lives and like the way that we conduct ourselves and the rules that we abide by. Like it's all, somebody had to come up with all that. So there's, mm-hmm. you, you need an outlet from that. You need an outlet from other people's influence and you need to really be able to find out what may what your unique take on the world is you know it's your responsibility as a person you know on earth yeah i i, I believe that as well so let me ask yeah. you then how do you go about figuring that out for yourself of life i think yeah i think it, it starts with uh there's multiple ways you can do it. I mean, some people travel a lot and experience a lot of different cultures. For me, that was very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate. It's one of the reasons why I worked on the cruise ship, and that's mm-hmm. actually where I met my wife. Um, because I wanted a way to see the world, mm-hmm. and I wanted a way to kind of experience it. And, and you know, I think it's so crucial to travel. Uh, another way that people uh, experience it is through, uh, you know, a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. reading about stories and and i think uh some people do it i think having discussions like this mm-hmm. to be honest is a way of of actually uh engaging that thought process you know yeah and i i, I mean i agree a thousand percent because those three things are kind of like three priorities in my life traveling mm-hmm. like even i told you before we started recording like i'm going out of town uh, in a couple of days and just seeing yeah. stuff that I haven't seen before, seeing stuff that I have seen before in a different way. And then I'm always reading or listening to interviews and podcasts. And then even this podcast 
just talking to different creatives and their way of thinking and kind of figuring out like the common thread of people who are, you know, living their life on their own terms. I think it's all important to like explore those different avenues um, and ways of thinking for sure. Absolutely, man. Um, so yeah, so um, let's get back to to the timeline here. So after uh, after high school, you studied musical high theater, school. right? Yeah, I studied musical theater. I went to a school in St. Louis uh, called Webster University. Mm-hmm. Um, I went there and I was I was getting my BFA in musical theater. Uh, it was a conservatory program, which is really 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 intensive. It was basically uh, seven thirty in the morning till five. It was like a, a seven in the morning till nine o'clock at uh, nine o'clock at night sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that was you were taking everything from dance classes to music theory to like really deep script analysis. Um, you were also taking movement classes and then you would have like your dinner break and then you'd come back if you were working on the crew for a show, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that was just such valuable experiences experience. I mean, I got to work on, on crews for the St. Louis rep theater mm-hmm. and, you know, just to see how, how it all works and how important it is. Now, everybody that works behind the scenes does mm-hmm. so much for, um, you know, making a show go on. So, yeah. yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you too. Like, how important do you think it was to kind of do different roles and, and work behind the scenes and see how everything works um, yeah. for you and your careers as far as like being on stage, knowing like what people behind the scenes are doing to support you when you're actually on stage? Yeah, I think it's 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 absolutely invaluable as a performer to go through that and to actually experience that because you know so much i mean it's like when you watch a movie and you look at the end credits and it's like a thousand people yeah, yeah. helping to make a movie and that is so you know it, it's so important to understand that every little detail counts every single action that a person does on stage counts mm-hmm. and that everybody what everybody does backstage how that influences and that even starts with just attitude mm-hmm. i mean i've worked in cast and every cast i try to work in I always try to bring this positive attitude because I know that that makes a difference. And that, that type of, uh, energy is, is infectious in the most positive way. Mm-hmm. And likewise, when it, when people are, have a negative attitude or, or if something, you know, if there's a bad apple, if somebody's got like a gripe or whatever, and that can permeate through the entire cast as mm-hmm. well and through the entire company. So that, uh, it's important. It's definitely important to understand and see value in what people do. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting that you said that as well, because like my list of questions that I wrote down was about a positive attitude. And basically what I was going to say was that, you know, every time I'm around you, every time I interact with you, you have like a super positive attitude and everything. You're like a joy to talk to. So how important has that been for you, like in your career and building relationships in the industry that you work in? It's absolutely essential. I mean, the thing is, if you're not happy with yourself and if you are not happy, if you can't find that basic happiness, how do you expect to bring that to any other it, it, that that is such a vital you have to love what you do. It's mm-hmm. such a vital uh, ingredient in in success in any field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I'm just grateful, man. That's what I mean. You know, I look at the situation that I'm in and, you know, everybody has their own hiccups and everybody has things that go on in life. And and you just have to I don't know. I just there's always something to be grateful for. Yeah, and that's, sure. that attitude makes a big difference. I mean, in the industry, it's it makes a drastic difference. Yeah, you especially with out. so much going on and like you're, you know, you're always working, looking for gigs and probably auditioning and just all kinds of stuff that, that's going on. Yeah. So you definitely got to um, 
you know, be positive about it. Even just with like music, I just think about like my past with music. Like there's always been stuff that comes up and you get really excited about it, but then it might be a big letdown, but you gotta, you know, pick yourself up, stay positive for the next meeting or the next person you meet and just keep pushing forward with it. And things will always, you know, work out for well, you. Know, you know what the thing is too? It's a matter of, of perspective. You mm-hmm. know, you could sit there and look at one situation and say, oh my God, I don't have work. I don't have an, I don't have a way of, 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 of making, you know, my ends meet today or this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you could t- look at that same situation and say, I have an opportunity to work on like all this stuff that I want to work on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like right now, like I'm in the, I'm in between, I'm in between doing shows. Everybody was asking me like, what are you doing? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm excited just to be home mm-hmm. and to spend like my first three months with my wife and start working on like projects that I've had on the back burner for like months. Mm-hmm. Like I have a bunch of new songs that I'm recording right now. You know, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I think it's a way of looking at the situation. There's always something positive to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. I think that even kind of goes back to, um, you know, reading books and traveling and mm-hmm. talk, talking to people as well. It's gaining that perspective. Um, you know, especially like when you travel abroad and you see like, you know, less fortunate people in, in different countries and stuff like that. You do realize how yeah. how um blessed you truly are and it's like even i mean i even think about like when i went to brazil it's just like these people literally had like no glass in their window in the, you know the windows of their house uh-huh. and their shacks and stuff and like dirt floors but they all had smiles on their faces and they were just like so happy to be alive and it's like that put so much so many things in perspective for me because we'll sit here and gripe in a big house with any with everything that we could ever want in front of us and just be you know miserable and unhappy so you know, it's, it's, it was just interesting to see that and how it put it, things in perspective for me. And every yeah. time I travel somewhere or every time I hear an interesting story or something like that, how it kind of keeps me grounded and keeps me balanced. So, yeah, man, I, I totally get it. Um, So, yeah. So let's talk about L.A. You said you moved to L.A. when you were 20. Like when you landed in L.A., what were you doing at the time? When I was in L.A., you want uh, basically. Uh, so I, I left school after two years mm-hmm. and uh I ended up moving. I ended up, I was auditioning just in New York, auditioning for shows. Mm-hmm. And I happened to book a show for Disney. And mm-hmm. Disney decided to relocate me out to LA. They basically were like, you know, we have this job offer. Do you know anybody in LA? And I was like, yeah, I know tons of people. And I like knew one person. Yeah, yeah. So I started off in LA. Um, I started off in LA and I uh, was working. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I've got, I was uh, working for Disney. So I started off working at the Aladdin show. So I had a network of people that I knew right off the bat, which is great. It's great moving into a new city and, and kind of having a network to start out with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was doing uh, basically like four shows a day with a bunch of, uh, with a, you know, with a cast of like 30 to 40 people. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I, I guess the, the next event was um, getting into singing and songwriting. Which I got into that because I uh, decided to leave Disney because mm-hmm. I wanted to. I didn't want to get stuck doing one thing. I wanted to do a, a number of other things. Mm-hmm. And I uh, broke up with my girlfriend at the time, and I moved out of the place that I was living in. So I was kind of like in this really transient state in my life. Well, mm-hmm. just uh, you know. And uh, I ended up at a friend's house. And he was living up in Hollywood. And he was like, hey, we've got this open mic going on. Uh, it was at Molly Malone's on 3rd and Fairfax, I think. 
mm-hmm. and they would do like these open mic nights. And we went to go see a friend of his and his friend was great. But then I saw some of these other guys going on and I was like, okay, I like, I feel like I could do a good job at this. Like, you know, what's the worst that happens? I'm the worst guy at open mic night or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, decided to play that, uh, play an open mic at the, uh, at Molly Malone's and it went really well. And then they asked me to come back after that. And I was basically just doing covers at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, after doing the same covers like two or three times in a row, I was like, I don't want to be the guy that just ends up playing the, uh, the same songs over. So yeah, yeah. I started writing my own material and it was a, you know, it was a really like emotionally rich time for me cause I was going through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wrote the LP and then, uh, linked up with a, uh, a producer friend of a friend of a friend who was a producer. So basically, uh, one time I, I was playing the open mic one night and my friend happened to see me and she was like, are you recording any of this, any of this music? And I was like, no, not really. I'm just doing it for fun. Like, it's just my, oops. Can you hear me still? Yeah. Yeah. You there. Oh, sorry. Are you I didn't know if the, I didn't know if the connection had dropped out. Um, yeah. She was like, I have this producer friend that's, that's helping me record an album. And, uh, I would love for him to come by and check it out. So I, uh, one night, I, the one night I was playing uh, for this producer, there was another band that had just signed like a seven record deal with Interscope. Like they were, they'd been, they'd been grinding in LA for a while mm-hmm. and they finally made it. And so it was packed that night. It was like completely full. And the way, like the open park, the, the open mic parlor is out in the front and then there's a giant stage area in the back and the mm-hmm. two are separated. So me not knowing how to read an audience yet, kind of gigging and playing music and not really knowing, I just was going to do the latest song that I did, which happened to be this real quiet and intimate song. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, like this bar in LA is like packed with like hundreds of people. You could barely hear me. So the producer comes in and I play this song and to a lukewarm, a lukewarm response because some of the people couldn't even hear it. And some people were just like, you know, waiting to see the other band. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember I, I, you know, I meet him in the back and I go, you know, oh, I'm so sorry that, you know, I wasn't able to play some of my, some of my other stuff. You know, we only got to sing one song. I was like, but if you want, I'd be more than happy to sit out here, sit here on the street and I'd play you a whole concert if you want. Mm-hmm. And I'd you know, play some covers and other stuff. He's like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. So I remember I literally sat on the corner of a uh, third and Fairfax in November, it's weird. It's one of those things that I remember very vividly. And sure, yeah, yeah. I played him every single thing I had, man. I played him everything. I freestyled on the, on the spot. Like, I literally was just, like, coming up with songs, like, here and there. Like, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember it, it, it started raining at some point. It was, like, a light, like, drizzle rain. It was very movie-like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's how I linked up with my producer and recorded my first album. I feel like I've been rambling for a while. Have I? No, I mean I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that story at all because I remember when you had hit me up. You had hit me up on MySpace. Yeah. Um, back, oh my God, we just dated ourselves. Yeah, I know, right? I was always <laughs> curious. Like, I was always curious. Like, why did why did you hit me up on MySpace? Like, I didn't. Uh, I never asked you that. Yeah, I mean, we were just uh, we heard your stuff. Like, I was working with my. Uh, you know, producer, we literally like just sit, this is after I linked up with him mm-hmm. 
and we would just sit and like listen to artists you know what i mean and you can't you know we found you and we were just like heard some stuff and we we're like this sounds awesome man so nice, nice. we wanted to link up you know yeah because i remember we did that one song um when i had sent it to you because I, I didn't meet you i didn't meet you in person yet yeah. And then I did. I was doing that show at um, the Key Club, and I was like backstage, and I ran into you. And I was like, I think the first time I met you in person. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that, man. Oh my god, that was way back. Yeah, it was like oh, summer of '08, so what, eight years ago now. Yeah, dude. Time flies, but um. So yeah, so what are some of the um. You know, navigating through the music scene in LA and all that kind of stuff. Like, what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned? Um, from from the music business biggest lessons that i've learned yeah. is or good they can be good or bad you know okay don't go in don't go into the industry trying to get a deal mm-hmm. don't go into the industry trying to get a deal and Just why do, why do you think thing. that because i think that you i think if as an individual you can end up compromising what it is that you want to to become totally if you go in just trying to uh chase what the idea of success is mm-hmm. you know what i mean if you it, i think it's important to want to be successful but i think it's very easy in the music industry to think oh i got signed to a signed to a record deal now i'm all set like hey that's not even how it works not at all and it's not how it works at all like every you got to pay for everything mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people are, are, are misguided in that so i think if you're going to go into the music industry don't don't go into it trying to get a deal I'd say, even as an artist, like record labels would be like, well, we have to know what you are. Don't be afraid to not know what you are. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to experiment. I think as an artist, you know, sometimes like, for example, for me, like one album might be a rock album. One album might be an R&B album. One album might be you have electronic influence. I think it's important to keep growing because that mm-hmm. is what pe- what people are interested in. Totally. If you're sitting here doing what somebody's done, what somebody's done you don't even bother it's you might as well not even bother doing it because they've already done it better than they're already doing it you know what i mean yeah like if you are i always look at it especially i mean you hear it a lot like in all genres especially like in rap and hip-hop or r&b it's like if it's already on the radio or an artist is already big doing that like it's already been done to death like just no you're not probably gonna make a lane for yourself by doing what they've already yeah i mean people i mean the thing is like you look at somebody like chance right now like chance is uh he's functioning without like a proper at least last i checked he's functioning without a pop like a proper music deal Mm -hmm. like he's not signed to anybody and that's so liberating i think especially now you don't even need a if you're willing to put the work in you don't need a record deal. No, not at you all. I mean? You, I mean, the internet is literally at your fingertips. It is, it is the most. Um, uh, I want to. I don't want to say deadly, but it is the most like potent tool that you can use to market mm-hmm. if you do it properly and if you do it correctly and if you're if you're diligent about work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of successful people will also say like that I've heard have been like, you got to treat yourself like a business. Yep. You know what I mean? You have to understand what it is that you're posting. You have to understand, you know, you have to have a message and you have to like, I don't know, really, you have to really kind of like, um, and I don't want to say censor yourself, but you just have to be mindful, you know? Yeah. I, I think too. I mean, I've had this conversation with, with several people about, you know, whether they're photographers or designers or musicians or whatever. It's like, I think especially a lot of younger folks, 
when they look at what they want to do creatively, they just see like kind of what people are posting online and they think it's just like all fun and games and they don't really take the time to like invest in learning the business aspects of it, not only just for the industry, but just general business principles as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just like, how do you, how do you send a proper email? What some proper, you know, follow up techniques when you meet somebody and, and you're networking and, you know, how do you pay your taxes and how do you set up an LLC? Like all of this stuff is so important to know because someone's going to come along. And if, if you have the talent and they feel they can take advantage of you because you're not taking care of your business side of things, you're going to be taken advantage of. Yeah. So you have to learn, you have to learn these things and invest in that knowledge. Yeah. If you don't put the work in yourself, you're going to end up paying for it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I mean, financially, I mean, financially and multiple, you'll pay for it and people will be more than happy to charge you for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you want to be that that artist who, you know, all you do is just focus solely on your art and you don't worry about it, under, you can do that. Even if you have a ton of talent, but you're going to be paying. You're mm-hmm. going to be paying to have other people do that for you. Yeah. And a lot, usually. You know, so it's important to know to know the business side, the business aspect, and it's important to have a good a good uh, professional disposition. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to know how to talk to people. You got to know how to follow up you got to know how to write a proper email like these are you know these things are really important so yeah i agree and i think too even when it comes to like following up and writing a proper email that it stands out if you do it right because so many people do it wrong yeah so it's like even if you don't have the most talent in the world you can at least kind of get in front of certain people just because your approach is correct you know, because I mean, I still get emails to this day, random emails of people who I don't know, who I never met before in my life. And it's just like mm-hmm. an email with like 200 emails in it. It's not BCC. It's not personalized. And it's just like, no. here's my new music with a cover and like four songs, you know? Yeah. So you have to be, I mean, you have to treat yeah. like a business. Yeah. Because it is. I mean, it is. It's the music business. It's the entertainment business. And, so. and the, yeah, I mean, and you know. The other thing, getting back to what we were talking about, is like what to make it in the music industry. Or like if you're just getting your foot in, practice. You know what I mean? Practice mm-hmm. on stage. Do your stuff. Like really invest in your craft. You know, if you think you're good enough, you're not right now. You need to get better, and you yep. can get better, and yep. you and you will if you if you continue to to develop. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm even still to this day, like I'm 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 improving my guitar playing. I'm like I'm trying to get better and better and get into different styles and different genres and different facets of it you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i you think it, it is important to do that and to push yourself and to get better at your craft because especially as as you get older there's always there's some kid in his bedroom or her bedroom right now who doesn't have to go to a job and who can come home after school and be on a computer for eight hours and just make music and play guitar or piano or sing or whatever you know so it's like, mm-hmm. especially once you get like established, it's like you got to work even that much harder to keep getting better at what you do because, you know, there's always people out there who's going to be going harder and harder with it. So, but I mean, you also have to know that there is value in your experience as, as somebody who's gotten older mm-hmm. oh, and, yeah, for and, sure. and, and where that kid will have a certain type of song, you'll have a completely different type of song mm-hmm. because you've gone through so much, so many different things. You know what I mean? As a person. So oh, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying where it's like kids nowadays, you know, some kid who has a ton of time to, to work on there. That's why it's so important to do it. But, I mean, you know what they usually say is like youth is wasted on the youth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. So it's like when you have that opportunity as a kid, you just kind of like are sitting there playing PS4 or Xbox or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wasting time. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, even like with FIFA, I don't get to play as much as I used to. So I Oh, dude, no. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's get into – um. Yeah, so, I, you know, after we met, we worked on solids and stuff like that. But when I moved yeah. back to, to Georgia, I think shortly after, you know, we were just chatting and you were like, yeah, I'm going on a um, on a cruise ship to perform and everything. So how did that yeah. how did that opportunity come about and what kind of made you just I know you said earlier you wanted to see the world and stuff, but what made you kind of decide besides seeing the world to to go out oh, and, yeah. and try that? So basically, I uh, through a friend of mine who I worked with at Disney. Mm-hmm. He knew he knew a contact at Royal Caribbean, and he was like, "Hey, I worked with this dude back in the day. Here's his email. Send him your album. Send him all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Send him your headshot resume, and see if he uh, has anything for you." And I was like, "I can't make any promises," but he's like, "I'll send him an email too." Mm-hmm. I sent the guy an email with all of my material. Didn't hear a response at all. Mm-hmm decided to follow up with him again when it was all said and done i must have sent about 12 emails mm-hmm. continuously following up and just checking you know to see if he had anything and um at the time it was kind of rough for me because i was i had moved out of a place of mine i was kind of living in a really uh bad part of of town mm-hmm. i was living uh, I don't know if you know, for the listeners out there, if you guys have seen the movie Clueless, where she gets dropped off at Circus Liquor, <laughs> I was literally like a street away from Circus Liquor. Gotcha. And it was, pretty, it was pretty rough. I mean, I was living with, um, I was living with five other people at the time. There was this guy and his, and his girlfriend and they like bred this mastiff and it, they just used the dog to make puppies and would sell the puppies. And I worked with this other dude who was like, you know, he was a recovering uh, drug addict. And one night I came home and he's like sitting on the couch and I'm like, hey, how's it going, man? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing OK. I'm like, are you sure you're all right? And he had like blood all over his shirt because mm-hmm. his drug dealer had come by our place and punched him in the mouth. Jesus. And then like for me, it was just like I had this real. But it was cheap rent, which is mm-hmm. why I was. But I had this like I had this like moment of like. I got to get out of here. Like I, I don't, I can't be in this spot anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd written to the guy from Royal Caribbean uh, a number of times. And I remember I just called my mom and I was like, mom, I need to come back down to South Florida and just hang out. Like I need to decompress. Like I've just been, it's been really stressful for me. Mm-hmm. So I went down and I visited family in, in Florida. I remember just sitting on the beach and it was like the day after my birthday. And I was like, I'm ready to go right now. Like I'm ready to go on a ship. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know it's time for me to travel. And literally, like the next day, I got uh, an email from Royal Caribbean, and they were like, they hired me. Nice. And it, it was, it was just one of those moments in life where it's just so serendipitous, and it's just so meant to happen. Um, and then I went on the ships, and then I, I went on my first ship, and. It was great. I got to practice. I, I was I was in the review shows, so I was doing these shows where I did a bunch of different styles, and you know, 
for me, it was so exciting because I have, you know, I like to do a lot of everything. I like to sample a lot of everything. So I was able to, in these shows, sing like rock and R&B, and I was able to sing Latin tunes, and I was able to sing like, you know, ballads that I'd never normally sang. So for me, it was kind of like another step in my training where I got to like really work on crafting my voice and making it sound distinct for each song. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and then I ended up meeting my my this girl on the ship, my, my now wife, but we met on the, on our, in our first contract and we were just really good friends. And then, um, she was going on a different ship and I got cast in a different ship uh, on another ship. And, uh, at the end of our first contract, she was like, listen, we can do this. But she's like, I'm planning on going to Europe, you know, on our next ship. And she's yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I don't, it, you know, I, if this is going to continue, I want, you know, you to be there with me. And I'd never even thought about traveling again to Europe. Mm-hmm. And finally, I was just like, it's a no-brainer. Just go and do it. Yeah, so yeah. went on that ship and ended up, you know, after a couple, I did it for a couple of years. And we traveled to, like, the Baltic and the Mediterranean and South America and, like, a- Antarctica. Like, we went to all different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was almost like, I almost view it as almost like a grad school experience just because I was constantly in front of audiences. Mm-hmm. Every day, I was constantly like performing on my craft. I was con. I mean, and, and it was self-imposed. Like I made it a point of like trying to really hone my voice and hone my vocal style and get stronger as a singer. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I did that for a while, and then I came back. Um, well, I came back. Well, recently when we came back, I was I was been writing new material and writing on a writing a a new album. And then I got the call to do this show, Million Dollar Quartet, which is basically a rockabilly show that uh, follows Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins. Mm -hmm. And it was like the next step for me as far as like doing, uh, you know, stage productions and doing my recording, doing my music, because it was because all the instruments in the show are played live. Yeah. And there's only eight of us on stage. So it kind of was a next step for me not only getting to do theatrical work, but getting to work in a band setting mm-hmm. and really like getting to hear what the dynamics of a band are and like discovering a new genre of music for me, which I'd never really, uh, de- uh, you know, delved into, which is country music and, and, and folk music. You know what I mean? And yeah, specifically yeah, sure. and rockabilly. Um, so yeah, that, that was, uh, that was really interesting and it, and it, and it has helped me continue to grow and I'm actually continuing to take it on. So that's kind of like the timeline right now. Mm-hmm. And in between those, I mean, in between those gigs to fill in the gaps, like I was working at different theaters in Southern California, you know, doing shows here and there. So mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I've been fortunate that I've been able to work quite a bit on stage. Yeah. That's very dope. And you said quite a few things I kind of want to unpack here. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I guess first when you said that you had left LA and went back to South Florida and you're on the beach and you got hired that next day, like, what do you think it is about kind of being like, I guess like resetting your life or I don't want to say like rock bottom, but just kind of just like being in no. a position to where like you can do anything. You can, it's kind of like a launching pad. So what what do you think it is about being in a position like that that's able to like open up doors for like whatever you want to eventually do? I think that it kind of being in that situation puts a perspective, puts you in a perspective where you're like, I have, I have nothing 
to lose really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't really afraid of, of, of doing any worse. Yeah. You know? So I was just very open and I was very like, um, I was ready for it. And I, I, I made my, I made sure like my thought process was very ready for it. I was like, I wanted it to happen. Um, hold on one second. Yeah, no problem. Give me one second. So, yeah, I mean, I think being in that position really uh, simplifies your life mm-hmm. in a lot of respects, and it takes away all the problems. So, you know, I mean, if you can't pay your bills at a certain point, you can't pay your bills. You feel like there's really no alternative to it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I think it, 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 what it prepared me for was when I did do well, when I was doing well in certain uh, facets of my life, I didn't take it for granted, mm-hmm. you know, because I knew that feeling. So when I was saving up money or when I was performing on stage, all I needed to do is remember, you know, when you were, you know, mm-hmm. in a pretty crappy place and when you weren't getting to perform the way that you wanted to or you weren't making enough money, you know. So let me ask you, um, could, I mean, even if it, to kind of touch on what you said about like having that experience and it's going to be different from that kid who's in their bedroom all day, you know, working mm-hmm. on music because your perspective is different and things like that. Do you think that to have like a su- sustainable career in creativity or just like in a lot of different things that you have to kind of go through something like that so that you do appreciate it and you can always have that in your mind? to be grateful for what you have and to not blow money and to keep positive relationships going and things like um, that. I don't think it's necessarily essential. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is, it's, it is, it, it, it shapes your story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think as an artist, you need to find your story, whether you're a painter, whether you're a singer, whether you're a recording artist, whether you're an actor, the events that you've gone through in your life, have shaped you to this point and created what this product is. Mm-hmm. You need to know what that is and you need to know what type of product you want to be mm-hmm. and go from there. You know what I mean? Um, I think that, you know, if, if you're someone who hasn't gone through a lot in your life or if you've, you know, you've led a little pretty comfortable life, I think it takes determination to dig and to really explore. You know what I mean? So whether that's, reading new material or exposing yourself to uh to new types of music or whatever it is Mm -hmm. do that you know i don't think you have to live i don't think you have to um in certain respects have lived a hard life to write about a hard life but you have to be able to imagine what it's like to live a hard life Mm -hmm. and convey that feeling because that is what your interpretation is of it you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I just think, because I've actually talked <laughs> about this and think about that concept a lot, and I just kind of think about mm-hmm. just even like a few years ago, you know, you had mentioned earlier when I was, you know, had the kids program and things like that, and kind of when that basically died, the, the business died, and I was just like mm-hmm. in a horrible position, I was like, what's next? Like, I was literally like, just what you were saying when you're on the beach and things like that, I was just like, I was like, what's next? Like, what am mm-hmm. I going to do? And then it's like, once the situation did approve, improve and i got to where i'm at now just like every day i think about it's like man like i still do remember a few years ago a couple years ago when like things were hard so i don't take what i have now for granted and i it pushed me to continue to work hard as well so that's kind of like the reason why i asked and i do agree i don't think that you have to 
necessarily go through a hard life or things like that. But if you do, it definitely does put some things in perspective, I guess. Yeah, I think one saying that that I've always kind of remembered that's gotten me through good times and has gotten me through bad times as well is this too shall pass. Oh, yeah, totally. So, I mean, it's like you remember, you know, when something's going good, remember that it's not going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And then when things are not going bad not, or not going well, it, you know, it's remember, this is only temporary and mm-hmm. you're going to get through it. So that's that's what I that's what's kind of guided me. Yeah, you know, for sure. totally. well, for so far. And then let's <laughs> let's um, kind of like from a business perspective again. Um, and just for anybody who's out there listening who might be like young and looking to get into entertainment or music or pretty much in, this could really apply to any industry. You said yeah. that you had a friend who you worked with at um, at Disney who connected you with the person at Royal Caribbean. So, how important is it to build a network um, within your industry? Extremely, you know, people hire the people they know. Mm-hmm. People hire people who they want to have fun with, who are going to be a positive influence in their lives or in the work environment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. I don't know how censored is this podcast. You can say whatever you want. It's already marked as explicit. Got you. Like, people don't want to hire an asshole. Like, yeah, yeah. they want to work with people who are fun. So, I mean, I think that that, it, you know, any situation that you are in, whether it be good or bad, or if you feel like it's a tough situation, you have the capability of getting out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all in how you how you think about it and what it is you do. You know, and making the hardest thing about about start about change is starting it. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah, I I totally agree too about the change because yeah, once you start it and get that momentum going, it you can definitely change and you can definitely change your situation. You just have to be willing to actually put in that effort to start and then to continue to put in that effort. So, Absolutely. yeah, I totally agree. So let me ask you on the cruise ship and all the different places you went. What was the favorite place that you went to? Oh my gosh! Uh, I went to Istanbul, Turkey. Mm-hmm. I went to that was one, I'll name my th- three of my top favorites. Um, oh geez, I went to I went to like Saint Petersburg, Russia. Mm-hmm. I went to Iceland. Was pretty amazing. Like Reykjavik was was beautiful. Yeah, I follow this. Uh, I follow like this Instagram and this guy who's like in Iceland. And all he shoots is like in is, is Iceland and it looks beautiful. It, it's it's an amazing place. Mm-hmm. It's like a like an alien planet. <laughs> crazy yeah yeah that's dope though that's dope yeah i mean traveling like i mean we talked about it earlier and already mentioned but traveling is just like so huge for me as well like just seeing different things and and getting that perspective so i totally get it yeah man so um say there's somebody who's out there listening who wants to follow a dream go after a dream or something like that like how important is it for you to just like start instead of like waiting for someone to like give you permission to start if you are if you have a dream or if you have a goal in mind do not think twice about it mm-hmm. don't think twice about it because it's you have anything can happen if you want to make it happen mm-hmm. but you have to you have to put in the work and that's the thing you know mm-hmm. but it literally anything can happen I mean, it's just a matter of making a choice in your life and, and, and really going after it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's important to dream, but it's important to have follow through too. Mm-hmm. 
you know? Oh, so yeah, totally. whatever it is, it, you know, it's, it's never going to be easy. It's always going to be, but it's all how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you work one step at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to, to have a dream and also have an understanding that every day doing something that gets you towards that dream, no matter how big or how small it is. Yeah, I think it's super important to just always have some movement in it, no matter, like you said, no matter how big or small it is. Like, I mean, even this was like me when I picked up photography, I guess about a year and a half ago, like every day I try to put, well, actually I have to now because my job, my day job as well. But, you know, every day I try to have my hands on the camera, even on the weekend, even when I get home after work, pick up the camera, even if it's just shooting something quick, you know, if it's a short video or short photo, because you have to keep putting in that work and, and building, you know, the whole 10 hour, 10,000 hour things, Malcolm Gladwell, all that kind of stuff. You have to put mm-hmm. in that time to get good at what you're doing, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, you know, I, I'm huge on like a big growth mindset. Like I said, I'm always just reading books, audiobooks, podcasts and things like that. So what are some of the things that you do like on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to kind of grow, you know, in your profession as well as um, individually? So, you know, it could be journaling or uh-huh. you know, writing a song every day or what are some of the things that you do? I pick up my guitar daily. Mm-hmm. I fiddle with it constantly. Uh, I will listen to I listen to music every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually will read every day. Um, I have a book that I'm reading right now. Hold on, let me see what the book is. I'm gonna see who the author is. I'm reading uh, this book called Writing Better Lyrics, mm-hmm. and it's by Pat Pattinson. Nice. Uh, second edition. Basically, it is a a manual for writing songs. And ways to kind of explore different metaphors and explore uh, different tools in your arsenal of creative writing. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing stuff like that. Um, I mean, I've been working. Yeah. I, I, I have a. I mean, I've been doing shows. I mean, I have a big philosophy in work begets work. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm if I if I don't have work or if I'm not doing a show, I make my own work. Yeah. So like, I'm shooting. I'm recording. I'm recording a. a 15 new tracks right now and I'm shooting music videos for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally it's, you know, you could do it on a smartphone if you wanted to, Yep. but I'm coming up with different concept videos right now that I'm, that I'm doing. I'm actually recording a new track this next week that I'll have an, that I'll have out for the election because I think that it's something, it's a song that I wrote, uh, maybe about six months ago, but, and it was kind of this idea of, of oppression and revolution. And I think it's going to be perfect for the election coming up. So mm-hmm. I'm going to release it around then. Uh, I'm probably going to release it early in November. Very dope. Very yeah. dope. Yeah, I do. I do feel that even if you don't have work, you have to look at your goals and what you want to do and then just create your own work around that. And even if it's for free, which is probably going to be at first, it's you're still going to get better. You're still going to learn and things like that. Cause even like for myself, like I kind of want to get into like, I guess like minimal yet, like kind of high, high fashion kind of mm-hmm. concept based photography. So mm-hmm. it's like, anytime I have like an opportunity to do that, even if it's like with, with my daughter, like we do stuff and she's like, how long is this going to take? I'm like, well, just, let's just sit there and smile for me or something. Cause I want to, you know, get some practice in. So you always got to just try to look for opportunities to do something to better yourself and, and build upon that. And people, you never know who's watching either, especially when you put out there in the world. Cause you know, it could be 
six months from now somebody hits you up and be like, oh, I like that thing that you did on Instagram six months ago. Like, can you do that for oh, me? Yeah. You know, so you never know. So you just got to always put that time in and know and learn how to do things. Um, Absolutely. You know, so you, you have that in your arsenal. Yeah, you need to have the tools, you mm-hmm. know, for acting. It's like you need to get get your, you know, your music book together. You need to get your reel done. You need to get your headshots. Like, you, you need to get on it. If you want to succeed and compete in this market, especially in the entertainment industry, the entertainment industry is extremely competitive. You know, you got to have all the tools. Yep. And you got to be ready to go in the when when your time is is needed definitely so uh final question this is just something i ask everybody and you know there's of course no right or wrong answer but i've always get some very um interesting responses so you know i guess like back in the old days success was kind of like you know a lot of money big house big cars all that kind of stuff and it seems like in more recent times people have kind of started to redefine success for themselves so what does success look like for you Success for me is any time that I can work on a project that I love. Mm-hmm. I can do things that make me happy as a person. I think that's the ultimate idea of success. You know? Um, yeah, for me, just working on projects that make me happy and that make me fulfilled, that provide me with a challenge that I'm ready to grow from. Mm-hmm. You know? Success. Success is not essentially just a destination. Mm-hmm. It's a mentality. To be a successful person doesn't mean that you have to have the end product that mm-hmm. you are It is the mentality that you carry to get to that place that makes you a successful person. Mm-hmm. Totally. So the, what, pe- what, what people always try to tell you is that you're already successful. You just have to start looking at things as successes rather than not having gratitude for them, mm-hmm. you know, um, you successfully got up this morning. You're successfully listened to this pro- podcast. You've successfully eaten breakfast and you've successfully done all these tasks that have gotten you to this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, that our mentality is, you know, we have this idea of comparing ourselves to everybody else, especially because on social media, it's become a giant brag wall of all this stuff. Everybody's, everybody's trying to give validity to their lives and, 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 and show that they're doing things where I'm doing something here. I'm here. Curated too. is not realistic. Yeah. It's like, it's like trying to leave your legacy. People Mm -hmm. are trying to leave their legacy on the internet, which is, you know, you need to just compete with yourself. You are the only competition that you have as a person. And until you can look at yourself in the morning and just be like, you know what? I'm ready to take you on and yes. I'm ready to do amazing things. That's all success is. It's You can be successful anytime you want. You just have to turn it on. Yep. You know? I mean, I couldn't agree more. Like, I always say, like, um, you have, like, I just tell myself every day that I have to win over myself every day. Uh huh. Because I'm, you know, even when I get home after working and sitting in traffic and all that kind of stuff, it's like, I can sit down and I can eat pizza and drink beer and play Xbox or watch Netflix, or I can go get my workout in. I can eat a healthy meal and I can get open up Ableton and make a beat or I can go shoot something with my camera or do anything, you know? So it's like, those are choices you have to make and you have to win over yourself every day. And and some days, you know, I do sit there and eat pizza and drink beer, but it's like every once in a while, because you got to have balance. But 
you know, in the in the long term grand scheme of things, if you're doing that, if you're just sitting around every day and you have goals and dreams you're trying to get to and you're upset that you're not getting to them, you can't really complain because you're not putting in that effort and that work. Yeah, or the thing is you just have to change your goals. Like if you sit at home and play video games all day, become a professional video gamer. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Certainly, certainly. Well, man, I definitely appreciate you coming on to the podcast. It was very dope catching up with you. So where can uh, everybody find you online? Yeah, you guys can find me on uh, – well, first off, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I really certainly, man. Um, my website is www.justinfigueroa.com. And uh, you can find me on YouTube under the user tag JustFig, J-U-S-F-I-G. That's my handle on Instagram. It's also on um, Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter, it, you can hit me at, at Justin Figueroa, F-I-G-U-E-R-O-A. And, uh, yeah, I'm around. Hit me up. <laughs> All right, man. I'm looking forward to that music. We got to try to uh, do something again like old times for sure. Definitely need to collaborate again, man. All right. Well, everybody, this is Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. Until next week, peace. So there you have it. That's episode 20 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Justin Figueroa. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of this episode. As usual, I can be found at Nobody Famous on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to follow Machine Masters at Machine Masters on Instagram and Twitter, as well as MachineMasters.com for all your music production needs. Until next week, this is Nobody Famous. Peace. Don't want to grow old and find that I'm alone Let me tell you how I feel through the words of this song I ain't got no money I ain't got no job I ain't got nothing much worth living for at all But it's okay, babe It's all okay Cause I got you I got you I ain't got no money I ain't got no job